Welcome back to yet another episode of Over My Dead Pod. I'm your host for the day, Kylie Caldwell. This is Kate Carter. And I'm Holly Spear. And I just want to start out by saying thank you to everyone who watched or listened to our Halloween special. We got a lot of good feedback and love for it, and we love doing it. We do want to know if our listeners would like more YouTube video versions of our show, whether it be like more specials, I don't know, maybe a Christmas special. Oh, yes. I'm so into that. Yeah. Or if we should just keep doing our like regular weekly episodes on YouTube with our faces or just slideshows. So we're brainstorming. If you guys have any feedback of what you want, just let us know. And with that being said, I say let's just hop right into today's story about Mark Barton, a man who never did the right thing. So on Labor Day weekend in 1993, Deborah Spivey Barton headed out 100 miles from her home in Atlanta, Georgia with her mom, Eloise Spivey, for a little getaway. The two drove over to Lake Weiss in North Alabama and settled into their camping trailer. This was supposed to be a relaxing weekend for the two, especially since Deborah's husband, Mark, stayed home to watch their two young children. But by Sunday, everything changed. Deborah and Eloise were found in their trailer, hacked to death by an axe, I think Kate just choked on her water. Sorry, I wasn't. Ex- that was really. You went straight to the point. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that was fast. Thought they were going to be like fast. hanging out in the trailer. Yeah. No, and there's not much details, and I couldn't figure out how the bodies were discovered. Like, if someone like called and reported them missing, or if they just stumbled upon it, I have no yeah. idea. One day they were just hacked up in a trailer. Yep. Hmm. But what we do know is that police quickly determined that the scene was made to stage a robbery. So the entire trailer was a mess. Everything was like ripped apart, but there were several hundred dollars and expensive jewelry left behind. And even more interesting, there was no signs of forced entry. The only information police could really gather is a witness statement they obtained. A man staying at the lake said there was a strange man asking for directions a few hours before the murders. I don't know why the man thought he was strange or why it would be weird asking for directions. It's like Labor Day weekend. There's a lot of people on the lake. I don't know. Maybe he just got creepy vibes. Yeah. Which is fair. We get creepy vibes. We, mm-hmm. we get it. I get it. Red flags. So with no real strong leads, police started looking into Deborah and Eloise's lives for some more clues, possibly some haters. And they found out that Deborah's husband, Mark, had recently taken out a $600,000 life insurance policy on her. Oh. Okay. Red flag. There we go. Red flag. All over the place. The amount of people that don't just like take out a life insurance policy and then just like give it a second, you know? But then they just go kill that person. Not suspicious at all. No. No. Like, like just yeah, wait a little it. bit. Yeah. yeah. Just wait it out. Or wait forever. Just don't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, for yeah. real. Yeah. But when police looked even further into the life insurance policy, they found out that Mark had originally tried to obtain a million dollar life insurance policy. But of course, he could not afford it. So he settled for 600000 which is still okay. a I'm doing his best. When police looked into Mark Barton, they realized he looked a lot like the man that the witness described. A clean-shaven white man with brown hair who was quite tall. Mark was six foot four. Only an hour after Deborah's funeral, the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office in Alabama knocked on Mark's front door. Which was, I think, pretty ballsy. An hour after the funeral, you're going to show up at the house? But yeah. 
they began their search. Oh, right away. Right away began searching, and they had positive luminol hits on all of the following. Remember, luminol is like, could be sweat, your urine, or blood on Mark's steering wheel, his center console, the gear shift, the driver's side floor, the floor of the garage, the kitchen wall, and the kitchen sink. Mark, my man. It ain't a good look. It ain't a good Mm -hmm. look. No. No. No, no. It's pretty, like, clear trail also, like, Mm -hmm. from the car straight to the kitchen sink. Yeah. And nowhere else in the house that had any hits. When confronted about this information, Mark said, quote, If there's a ton of blood in my car, why aren't you arresting me? Why am I not in handcuffs? End quote. A little spicy. A little spicy. Do you not believe it's there? Or does he think that... The conspiracy that there's blood there? Yeah. Yeah. I think he just, he knew that they didn't have anything other than the life insurance policy and the luminol hits. And this was true because there was not enough to charge him. While the Alabama police were still in town, they did speak with a few neighbors, hoping one of them could say that Mark had like left the house during the time of the murders or enough time to like drive over to Alabama and back. But instead, they found out something even more juicy. A car belonging to Mark's mistress, Leanne Vandeveer, was parked at the house all weekend long. And get this, Leanne attended the funeral of Mark's wife, Deborah. What a hell. That's a no-no. There's always a life insurance policy and a mistress. That's like the combination. Like, life insurance policy plus mistress equals murder. Equals the husband did it. So in the end, the Alabama police ended up going home with only the floor mats of Mark's car. So get this, they told Mark not to clean his car. But as soon as they left, he most definitely did clean his car. Wow. I mean, wouldn't you? Like, that's yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, we're bleaching this baby. Have your suspect. You're pretty sure he did it. You don't have much evidence. You leave pretty much all of the evidence with him and hope he doesn't clean it. I guess they can't take it, right? Like, I don't know what's the protocol. Like, would they even be able to take the car? I don't know. I feel like if it was on, like, the search warrant. That's true. Or if they call the judge up during the search and say, hey, we need to take this car. Where are we at again? Are we in Alabama? These are Alabama police in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, mm, Okay. But what's weird after this, Mark then drove over to the police station in Alabama to offer a weird explanation for the blood he said he had cut his finger a year prior in the car but while he was there he would not provide a dna sample or undergo a polygraph which is fine but then he drove straight back to georgia so he drove almost two hours just to say he has cut his finger and then drove right back home so mind you this was in 1993 phones were definitely a thing this weird he got nervous he got nervous he was like, I need to tell them something. But like, he should have come up with some. I mean, a cut of finger is not doing that much damage. Yeah. In the end, there have been no arrests for the murder of Deborah Spivey Barton or her mother, Eloise Spivey. The two departments in Georgia and Alabama interfered with each other every step of the way. So the Cherokee County Alabama Police Chief David McDade had this to say, quote, my gut feeling is he killed his wife and mother-in-law. There was the life insurance, his affair, his going to the funeral with his girlfriend. 
He claimed to be home with his kids the night of the murders, but that turned out not to be a credible alibi. He had time to do it, financial incentive to do it, and the professed desire to be with his girlfriend. But all of those elements don't constitute proof, end quote. So the truth is, is that there were a lot of mistakes in the investigation. Mark was never brought in for a lineup for the witness at the lake to identify. And of course, Mark was allowed to keep his car and clean it. And so the Georgia and Alabama police that were kind of working on the case together, they have major beef during this whole time. And the Georgia police chief of Douglas County said, if Alabama did what they were supposed to do, many lives would have been saved. Spoiler alert, there are quite a few more murders. Same person. Mm -hmm. Same person. I I know, Kate, you got scared. I did. I literally, like, as soon as you started, you were like, and nobody has been arrested. I was like, the hell? What? (laughs) Talk about a 10-minute story. Like, that was, he was like, yeah, I'm done. That's it. You can't catch me. I'm going to live forever with my mistress. That, okay. Well, that's really sad, let me just say. But, and that's to this day? To this day. Wow. Okay, well, you know, you you led me on with some extra murders, so I'm ready. But before we get into that, let's talk about Mark Barton and how we got thus far. So Mark was born in Germany to an Air Force family and was raised in Sumter, South Carolina. He attended Clemson University, majoring in chemistry, but this came to an abrupt halt when Mark was arrested for robbery. Allegedly, Mark had a pretty bad drug habit at the time and committed this robbery in order to fund it. But in the end, Mark was only ordered to undergo drug and psychiatric therapy, and he was kicked out of Clemson. Okay, not a good start. Not a good start. Nope. Once this was completed, Mark transferred to the University of South Carolina, where he met his future wife, Deborah Spivey. The two soon got married after graduation and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where Mark had several different jobs involving chemistry. In 1988, Mark founded TLC Manufacturing with a few friends, and the couple packed up and moved to Texarkana, Texas. So things were going well for a little while. They had two kids, Michelle and Matthew. But then all of a sudden, Mark was fired from the company he started. We still do not know why to this day. It has never been released publicly. We do know shortly after this, Mark in the middle of the night, broke into the office, stole almost all of the secret formulas, and erased a bunch of computer files. Hmm. I mean, wouldn't like wouldn't, wouldn't you, you if you were kicked yeah. out of your own company? I'd be like, you know what, <laughs> this whole place is going down with me. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I have a bad feeling about this now. Now that I thought about that, but okay, keep going. So Mark ended up being charged with data file sabotage, which I had never heard before. But the company TLC Manufacturing dropped the charges in exchange for not releasing why he was fired. I'm assuming it had to have been pretty juicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Barton family then packed up and moved back to Georgia, this time settling a little south of Atlanta in Stockbridge. Mark began working as a salesman for another chem- chemical company where he began to have an affair with the receptionist, Leanne Vandeveer. Leanne was also married. This did not stop the couple. In June of 1993, Mark and Leanne went on a trip with her friends. On this trip, Mark told her friends that he had never loved anyone more than Leanne. And he also said he would be free to marry her by October 1st. Oh. Oh. Mind you, 
mind you, his wife, Deborah, was murdered in September. Mm-hmm. Coincidence. Coincidence? I think not. <sighs> also, Good. wait, can we talk about the fact he went on a trip with Leanne and her friends? Mm-hmm. And he was still married, obviously. And she was too. How did they... Okay. I don't know. I guess everyone was cool with it. I don't know. Or just kind of not talking about it. I wonder if it's like one of those things you talk about, like when they're not in the room. Yeah, yeah. We're like, like this is- okay, something weird's happening, but don't <laughs> mention it. By August of 1993, so a month before the murders, Leanne had left her husband, sold pretty much all of her belongings, and had moved in with her sister, I guess presumably prepping to move in with Mark. Mm-hmm. Red flags, Leanne, red flags. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys think she like knew what was going to happen, or do you guys think he, she thought he was just going to leave his wife? It kind of feels like she knew. Leanne moved into the house with Mark and his two kids only a week after Deborah had died, and then the two soon moved to Morrow, Georgia, which is pretty close. This was an area in a neighborhood where people had no idea about Deborah, so they basically started over. So he had he had kids, two kids the whole time too. Yeah, with Deborah. And were they young? Were they babies? Mm-hmm. They, they were like toddler age. Okay, so they don't really know what's going on, but no. The new neighbors also reported frequent fighting between the couple, with Leanne picking up and leaving frequently. The fights seemed to have stemmed from Mark's financial issues. So Mark ended up being awarded $450,000 from Deborah's life insurance, with the stipulation that the remaining $150,000 be put in a trust for their two kids. Once he got his money, he quit his job, and became a full-time day trader in internet stocks with a company called Momentum Securities, and he also had an account with Alltech. But Mark wasn't good at this. On only six months into trading, Mark had already lost $105,000. Oh. And Momentum ended up closing his account after one of Mark's checks for $50,000 bounced. Alltech hmm. has never revealed the details of Mark's accounts, but rumors say he lost as much as $300,000 in one year. So he blew all of that life insurance policy in one year. So he's got money wow. issues. Yeah. You could say that. Another thing brought up that could be for some issues with Leanne is that a daycare worker told authorities that Mark's two-year-old daughter, Michelle, had said that Mark had molested her. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. I don't know how I feel about that. A two-year-old said that? Or I don't know the exact context or what she said. Or... I assume the word was not molested, but no. she probably insinuated to stuff like that, which is a, which is a no-no. Big no-no. Yeah. So Mark underwent a court-ordered mental health evaluation where the psychologist said he was certainly capable of committing homicide. Wait a minute. Okay, so <laughs> he went... He went under evaluation for what was Molest- said. Mo- molestation. Yes. yes. And came out with, oh, he could probably kill somebody. Yeah. I don't really know what their determination was on the whole molestation thing. But we did get that. In the end, the state attorney refused to charge Mark due to a lack of evidence and because Michelle, the daughter, was too young to testify. So by now, things were to say the least, bad in the house, and Leanne had moved out into her own apartment. Get this, she took the kids with her. Kudos to her. I'm not liking Leanne still, but at least she was trying to get the kids out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So she definitely believed the child. I guess so. I mean, at that age, I don't know how you wouldn't know the difference. You know, like they, 
Like if a two year old told me that I'd be like, all right, we're telling the police. Cause like, that's not something they just like think, you know, it's not a 10 year old who could have heard it from classmates at some point or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Saw it on TV or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So Mark's really, really not on our good side right now. Red flags everywhere. Mark's just been going downhill since like college. So things were, you know, that's a slow volcano. I don't know if you call it slow with the murder of your wife and her mom, but things started to erupt on July 29th, 1999. Mark went into the Momentum Securities office in Buckhead, Atlanta for an appointment to pay the $50,000 he owed from the check that bounced. He was waiting for the manager. Mark made small talk with the receptionist and other employees passing by. Everything was just normal conversations like, hi, hello, how are you, whatever. So by 2.45 p.m., the manager, Kevin Dial, still hadn't shown up. Mark took out two pistols and began shooting around the office at random for five straight minutes. That escalated quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Like everything else in this story. I feel like this is where our podcast needs to show video every single time because you guys couldn't see it. But Holly and I were just like, what? 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 A minute, two pistols shooting people. Okay, for five minutes? Five minutes straight. He ended up killing four employees. Okay. Day traders Edward Quinn, Russell Brown, Scott Webb, and the office manager Kevin Dial. And at one point, Mark shot a man named Brad Schmel three times at point-blank range, but Brad fortunately lived. God, can you imagine? So before police could arrive, Mark stuck, snuck out through the stairwell and ran across the street to Alltech, the other day trading firm where he had an account. They were oh no. direct, directly across the street from each other. Oh no. When he was there, Mark ran straight to the manager's office, shooting him and killing five others. Oh my God. As soon as you were, like, across the street, I was like, oh, God. Across the street. But, like, what is that? What are we at? Ten people right now already? Wow. So, the victims at Alltech are day traders Alan Tenenbaum, Dean Delawa, Jamshid Havash, Joseph Desert, and Vaduwate Mural Lantara. What's really frustrating with this is that police originally didn't even, like, arrive on the scene at Alltech because they were so confused about two day trading firms being shot up right next to each other. They thought it was all at the first one, Momentum. They didn't even show up at Alltech for, I think, 30 minutes. Is Mark gone by this point? He ran off? Mm-hmm. And no one had seen what car he had left in. It took a little while, but the first report of a possible sighting came from a mall in Kennesaw, which is just a little north of Buckhead. A young girl reported that Mark had threatened her and attempted to kidnap her and put her in his green minivan. Luckily, the girl was able to escape. With the car to now locate, a police chase began. Took a little bit longer. Mark was eventually cornered into a gas station in Ackworth. Before he could be apprehended, Mark turned the gun on himself and committed suicide in front of police. Mark, go have yourself i oh my god i cannot stand it when this stuff happens it's gonna get oh. worse oh no he's dead what it's do you mean i'm sorry for all the plot twists but it gets way worse doesn't involve animals no, no. okay well i can't get that bad can't get that worse yeah what about kids 
Mm, Holly's yeah. like, no. Yeah, <laughs> kids. Yeah, that's horrible. So what much happened? worse. Kylie, just tell us what happened. Police quickly swooped in on Mark's home for clues, but they were met with some more disturbing events. Leanne was found in the bed, bludgeoned to death. Beside her, there was a note that read, quote, I give you my wife, Leanne Vanderveer Barton, my honey, my precious love. Please take care of her. I will love her forever, end quote. So police went upstairs to find the bodies of Matthew and Michelle covered in a blanket in the same manner. A note by Matthew read, I give you Matthew David Barton, my son, my buddy, my life. Please take care of him. The note by Michelle said, I give you Michelle Elizabeth Barton, my daughter, my sweetheart, my life. Please take care of her. End quote. Forensic reporting showed that Leanne was bludgeoned with a hammer in her sleep on the night of July 27th. Matthew and Michelle were killed in the same way on the night of July 28th, a day before the shootings. So this was three days in a row. The kids were alive in the house while Leanne was dead in the bed. He killed somebody every day. So like he killed Leanne, then he killed the kids, then he did the shooting? Yes. Three days in a row. Mark, man. Mark. So they just didn't know that the mom had already been killed or? They were babies. No they one were just knew. babies. Oh, yeah. Okay. So shortly after all the killings, police held a press conference and read snippets of a longer letter left by Mark. So they have since released the entire letter that Mark dated July 29th, 6.38 a.m. So this was right before the shootings. And bear with me. It's a long one and really okay. confusing. So it reads, quote, To whom it may concern, Leanne is in the master bedroom closet under a blanket. I killed her on Tuesday night. I killed Matthew and Michelle Wednesday night. There may be similarities between these deaths and the death of my first wife, Deborah Spivey. However, I did not kill her and her mother. There is no reason for me to lie now. It just seemed like a quiet way to kill and a relatively painless way to die. There was little pain. All of them were dead in less than five minutes. I hit them with a hammer in their sleep and then put them face down in the bathtub to make sure they did not wake up in pain to make sure they were dead i'm so sorry i wish i didn't words cannot tell the agony why did i i have been dying since october wake up at night so afraid so terrified that i couldn't be that afraid while awake it has taken its toll i have come to hate this life and this system of things i have come to have no hope i killed the children to exchange them for five minutes of pain for a lifetime of pain I forced myself to do it to keep them from suffering so much later. No mother, no father, no relatives. The fears of the father are transferred to the son. It was from my father to me and from me to my son. He already had it, and now to be left alone, I had to take him with me. I killed Leanne because she was one of the main reasons for my demise. As I planned to kill the others, I really wish I hadn't killed her now. She really couldn't help it, and I love her so much anyway. I know that Jehovah will take care of all of them in the next life. I'm sure that the details don't matter. There is no excuse, no good reason. I am sure no one will understand. If they could, I wouldn't want them to. I just write these things to say why. Please know that I love Leanne, Matthew, and Michelle with all my heart. If Jehovah's willing, I would like to see them all again in the resurrection to have a second chance. 
I don't plan to live very much longer, just long enough to kill as many of the people that greedily sought my destruction. You should kill me if you can. End quote. There's a lot of things going on with that letter. Um, first of all, is he a Jehovah's Witness? I don't know. I couldn't figure that out. I know. I think Jehovah and like Jesus is like kind of interchangeable okay. to some people. The other part that stood out to me is him obviously not claiming killing his wife and mother-in-law, which you never know because, I mean, it could have been and somebody else killed them. We have no idea, obviously. But a lot of people who will take a story till their death, you know, like they're like, absolutely not. I'm innocent until they die. And you'll mm-hmm. never know, which kind of sucks. He confessed to all these other murders. Right. He's already planning on dying, whether he killed himself or being shot by like police. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he wouldn't just, I don't know. They're sticking to the story, you know? Yeah. For me, it's him saying he wishes that he wouldn't have done it when he did it days apart and then did it again the next day and then you know and then the next day yeah and then the next day you had 24 hours to like you didn't want to do it and then saying that he hopes that they kill him but then he committed suicide i i mean obviously suicide's a whole different subject on its own but when it comes to killing people you know homicide suicide that's just Mm -hmm. gets my blood going um such an easy way out another thing that's weird to me because he keeps talking about how much he loves Leanne and his kids. He never mentioned he loved his first wife. No, I'm totally on the page that he killed his first wife oh, and mother-in-law. Yeah, totally. Sure. But he, because he, he didn't, he obviously didn't. Like he probably did at some point, but once he started an affair, absolutely not. There's no, there's no more yeah. love there. I don't know. I figure if he was going to keep claiming innocence for that, I don't know why he wouldn't be like, oh, I loved her. He just said, I, I didn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. expecting any of this. So this is crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of the absolute ah, That's that it. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. I do have well, a- I guess he killed himself, so I guess there's no like follow through. Yeah. Nope. No arrest. No court drama. But I do have a little quiz question. A quiz. I guess not not really a quiz, more of a discussion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So when you look up Mark, he's labeled as a spree killer, a mass shooter, and a family annihilator. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, why is he not considered a serial killer? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I did some research and I found out the FBI actually had to hold an entire conference with, like, hundreds of people to nail down the exact definition for all of these things because they were all confused. Mm. A serial murder or a serial killer is the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offender or offenders in separate events, which Deborah and her mama, Eloise, then we have the new wife and kids. And then the FBI said a spree killer is a series of three or more killings having common characteristics such as to suggest the reasonable possibility that the crimes were committed by the same actor or actors. Sorry, I was trying to think like while you were saying that too. So a serial killer is multiple victims over a period of time with same method. But um, would you consider him to be a mass killer then? Like spree, mass, M-A-S-S, like where, like I, I oh. kind of understand the serial killer point of view. Like he definitely was a spree killer and killed multiple people and would probably be considered a mass killer as well but 
you're right. When I think of serial killer too, it's multiple people different. I don't know, because it is multiple people different events. I don't know, but I figure you can, I guess, classify the three-day with like Leanne, the kids, and then the firm shootings as a spree, because it's all, it's a three-day event, like all together. But then if you're also going to group the murder of Deborah and her mom, Eloise, years before, that's two or more victims by the same offender in separate events. I feel like that's serial killer. Because when you think about, like, as soon as someone says serial killer, you think of, like, Ted Bundy, you know, like, stuff like that, where it's multiple victims, same act, there was a purpose. But then with this dude, it seems like he just woke up every day for those four days of his life and decided to kill people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This is weird. Okay, what a good thought. To me, and I could be wrong, but like I've always thought of serial killers as people that kill without maybe not, I don't know if the without a motive is the right word, but like somebody who kills to get life insurance to me is not a serial killer. Or like all these individual like killings, you know, but then maybe when he annihilated his family. But then I don't know. That's a family annihilator to me. Like to me, a serial killer is someone who kills for like gratification, some weird gratification that they have that they want to fulfill. You know, I just feel like to me, a serial killer is somebody that kills without a, like a real motive. You know what I mean? Like just kills because they have a feeling that they have like they want to kill people. You know? I don't Kate, know. Do you agree? No. Is... No, I don't know if I. I... I'll let, I get what you're saying, but then I also think of so many serial killers that I'm like, they they were killing for a motive of a certain person, you know, like certain demographics or, you like, know, what do you mean? like you have a, let's just say you have a man who hates um, Islamic people and all of his people that he's killed were Islams, you know? And so like, that's considered a motive is that everyone he killed were Islamic. I don't know why. Right, to me- to me that would be a mass murderer like to me somebody who is a serial killer is somebody who's like i don't know like see i think mass murder in groups like more than one killed at the same time who's a famous serial killer like you to me a serial killer is somebody who kills someone that they don't really know like there's no reason to kill them you know what i mean like i think that's just because that's what we we hear the most of like serial killers like it's rare like there are some that have like family members like there's a grandma in alabama i think her name is nanny doss who like killed all of her family members like slowly over the years so she's a serial killer i could see that but do we also say do we also think serial killer is one person one or two people oh and then continued like over time like it's not going to be like four people like this guy went out to a public place and killed he shot up like 10 people I would consider him a mass murderer, not a serial mm-hmm. killer. I don't know. Kylie, you done put us in a black hole over here. I'm sorry. I mean, the definition Now I'm confused. Offender or like- offenders. So it could be yeah. a partner or a group situation. Uh, this is too much. Like, name a serial killer that you think of when you think of a serial killer. Ted Bundy. Like, Ted Bundy. Like, okay, I feel like... Don't you feel like that's someone who kills, like, random people just because yep. they feel that they have like a reason something that they have want to kill people for no reason i think you're getting caught up on the motive I don't, the motive doesn't i know matter. to me to me the motive is everything because i feel like if you're a mass a mass murderer somebody who goes into a school and just like 
kills somebody, kills a bunch of people. To me, you're not a there's serial still killer. A, you're a mass there's still murderer. A, no, what I like right now is that Holly's like motive does matter, and the FBI is like motive doesn't matter, Holly. Like that's the whole. It does thing. to me. <laughs> You're wrong. Well, no, but you're saying like so. A school shooter would be like a, a mass spree, shooter, a mass yeah. shooter, or yeah. a spree killer because it's just it's one event. Serial killers are like Multiple two events. or more separate, completely separate events. Like you can kill, I don't know, Angelina on Tuesday and like Jennifer on Friday. And there's separate events. You'd be a serial Okay, killer. so Holly, what about Jeffrey Dahmer? So he had like a 20-person killing spree that you would say over years, and it was always men or boys. So was that motive that it was always of a certain gender? Because he's a serial killer, right? But it wasn't in I guess, I guess I'm. I guess I'm not saying motive as in like I want to kill boys and men. Motive as in like Insurance I feel policy. the need. I feel the need to kill because I want money or I feel the need to kill because I want to be with another woman or I feel the need to kill because the kids get in the way of like my marriage. Those are like isolated events, yeah. but they all have a reason to me. Like I, to me, a serial killer kills without reason. Well, what about serial killers? Like they'll kill someone for like the gratification and then maybe they'll kill someone else to cover up the original murder ah you're going too far i don't know i don't know now i'm trying to think of things to like stump you with so like what about a serial killer let's say the serial killers all for money okay and like somebody writes this i don't know like a check and then he kills that person and then a year but later see, to me, somebody a writes killer, a check and he kills that person to me it would never uh, to me i would never label somebody that killed for money a serial killer i would just call them like a murderer even if it was like i get what you're like, saying i'm just like you know? i think i think it's because there's such a loose transcript on what is a serial killer like yeah the, i mean literally the fbi said what three or more killings over a period of time a little kid like kill, ha, you know like we hear about these rare cases where little kids just like grow up knowing that they're different and feeling like that they want to like harm animals or harm people and they don't know why to me that's the definition of a serial killer not someone who's like oh i need to get rid of this person because of this reason even if you've killed multiple times i think you're confusing like psychopath with serial killer i know now i'm thinking like wait the kid situation with the dead animals that's psycho but well okay it's just an example but i'm just saying like without a reason what makes you a serial killer? What does Google say? Okay, so Google says the term serial killings means a series of three or more killings, not less than one of which was committed within the U.S. That doesn't make any sense. Having the <laughs> common characteristics such as to suggest the reasonable possibility that the crimes were committed by the same person. Okay, Google. I don't know why you had to throw the yeah. U.S. in there. Like, that was stupid. To me, that's just not descriptive enough. I guess just like maybe there is a set definition but to me i just see serial killers as people who just kill for i think it's just because like that's all we see really yeah are the psychopaths just killing people okay so yes or no question you guys would you consider this guy from our case a serial killer kylie votes yes kate i'm i'm gonna vote no no okay probably i vote no okay okay now rebuttal is that i'm gonna say he's a mass murderer I'm going to say he's a family annihilator. Well, he is What about that? the random people? And he's also a mass shooter. Okay, okay yeah. I guess I, I would just say a mass murderer then. 
This is crazy. Okay, well now we gotta look okay, at that okay, definition. Okay. okay, mass murder. When I did um the Dover guy in Arkansas yeah. that just went and killed all of his old bosses and stuff and people he yeah. knew, that's very similar. And I would classify him as a mass murderer, not a serial killer. Uh, serial killer because he's going back and like getting retribution like that's his motive to kill okay so i looked up the definition of mass murderer so it's the act of killing a number of people typically simultaneously or over a relatively short period of time and in proximity so that would be the case for him also like the spree killing i think kind of interchangeable with leanne the kids the shootings all back to back to back in basically the same town so that but if you're including I'm forgetting that the wife yeah. years years before. Something that I'm keeping in my head too is I think with serial killers, we're thinking of a one person dying at a time. And that's probably what's triggering it too. You know, like one person is getting killed and then like a few months later, somebody else is getting killed. It's not like multiple people at one time and then a few months later, multiple people. Yeah. It could be, obviously, according to the definition it is. But I think to us, it's like one person. Yeah. I think we need to... Be more accepting yeah. of serial killers. Yeah, well, he does shot himself at the end anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like that. That's a, you know what? Mm-hmm. Do all you want bad stuff, but like go rot in prison, okay? Like don't take mm-hmm. the easy way out. Nope. Jehovah ain't waiting for you, okay? Nope, definitely not. Definitely not. Kylie, you put us in a freaking, my head hurts right now. I'm sorry, are you guys mad at me? Just a little bit. It was a great That's story, but it was good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So, and with that, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Over My Dead Pod. If you want even more information, including photos and sources of the case, you can check out our blog on OverMyDeadPod.com. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and check us out on social media at Over My Dead Pod. And we'll see you next week with another thrilling case. Now for a little overtime section, I want to start this off by asking Holly, are you still vegan? Yes, I am. Damn it. Still going. But but I have cheat days, okay? Not cheat days. I have cheat snacks. So you're not vegan. Yes, (laughs) I am. No, actually, I've only on a handful of times have eaten cheese. Okay. Okay. So yeah. we're we're bouncing between vegan and veggie and vegetarian. You know, like we're not crossing yeah. the line of like meat. But it's been like how many months? Four, and uh, to only going. have to only have cheese a couple times. You know. Oh, I can't and imagine. It's really been like when I okay. For instance, like last night, I was at an event and I hadn't really eaten like all day. So hungry. And they didn't have any vegan options. And it was like a taco truck was at our event. So I was like, okay, the best thing that I can get without like breaking it too much is like they had nachos. And so I was like with veggies. And so I got that. But it was like even get this and break my vegan a little bit or like don't eat, you know. So I was like, it's better for me to eat. So like what's the what's the problem with cheese? Like what I get vegetarians, I get pescatarians, pescatarians, I get some. And I eat fish, so I'm a pescatarian. I get some. So you're not a vegan. So you're not a vegan. I mean, yeah, I guess not. I mean, pescatarian. I eat fish. You're a pescatarian vegetarian, and then eat all the cheese you want. No, cheese is bad. 
It's not. I don't know why it is. There's no human. I mean, there's no animals being harmed and making cheese. Now, what? It's my not question, the animals. It's not the animals that I care about. It's your body. Obviously, she's body. eating the fish. I don't know. Jehovah's not going to take you in, Holly. So what about this question? <laughs> what about eggs? So I know that's a big thing with vegan. How can you eat things that don't include eggs in it? Like, how do you know? What about honey? Is honey vegan or not? Honey's not vegan. You can't it's have honey. Yeah, because it's coming I mean, I honey. Animal. You're not vegan. <laughs> I just, I am. You know what? I'm, gl- I'm glad we debunked this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Every all of our listeners are gonna be like, she's not vegan. Um. Okay. I just, I don't eat. I and I don't really like. I mean, yeah, it's. I don't really classify myself as vegan. I guess because I'm not. I don't know. I mean. Because vegans have a lot people that are vegan have a lot of different reasons for being vegan. Mine is not because of like the harm to animals or like anything to do with the environment, although I get that. But mine is really just more of like a health thing. You guys use okay. haven't watched none of y'all have watched the documentary. Why so... would we? Why would we No, you, you, were, have, you were like so you can if understand. you watch this documentary, you're gonna go vegan. Well, I don't want to go vegan. I love cheese. You should I I get I eat eggs every morning for breakfast, but I will say I have moments where eggs revolt me. But like yeah. I love honey. I get the idea for personal benefit and for the benefit of the animals. I totally understand that. But like well, and truly, it's not really, I mean, it is a problem with like, I mean, okay, eggs are meant to be enough to sustain a baby chicken for like so many days or whatever, you know, like a chicken that hasn't hatched. The problem with eggs is that it's just like to have that much cholesterol and fat and like whatever is just like bad for you. But really, what is the problem is like what the additives that they put in the food. And yeah. so when you eat eggs and dairy, you're getting extra hormones from like the animal that you're oh, supposed to have in our body. Well, and, and pasteurized versus not pasteurized. I mean, milk and cheese yeah. does damage on people, you know, yeah. like I, I, mean, I get that. And also like, I don't know, it, the documentary I watched took it back like really far and like followed the money trail of like all of these Susan G. Komen like funding like putting their logo on like yogurts and milk and stuff mm-hmm. when they know that like the hormones and that causes breast cancer. I don't know. Stuff like that. I don't, you have, you just have to watch I it. I like, get it. I get it. So. I just make fun of you, but I get it. That's and okay. I love you. It's okay. Yeah. Cause I'm not against it. I'm not against it. And kudos for yeah. you for doing it, but eat your damn cheese when you want to, you know, like I do, I do. I, I treat myself every now and then I did on my birthday. I got mozzarella cheese sticks from Sonic. Oh, I've been thinking yeah. about them forever. And then I love some Moz sticks. <laughs> yeah. And it's really hard to be a vegan in Arkansas because there's just really like, I mean, I think we have like a Whole Foods in Little Rock and Northwest Arkansas and that's it. And it's just, there's nothing. So like when yeah. I have to, when I, when I'm like, okay, I can either not eat or I can eat something with cheese in it. I'm going to eat it. Something with cheese in it. Cause I'm not going to freaking starve myself. But, but I also think about hard. like for your work, you do a lot of events and so, like, yeah. I think it would be hard for you to eat at events because how do you it's know so that they're hard. not like the whole egg thing blows my mind. Like people that yeah. can go out to eat and they're like, does this have eggs in it? I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I give myself like a lot of grace with like food like that. That's, you know, bread and like what has eggs in it. Like, I don't think about it as much. Like, I think as long as I'm reducing my intake of 
meat and dairy, I'm doing good. You know, like even if there I still go. get okay. it, at least, at least I've taken it down like a three fourths of what of I lot. used to eat. A hell of a know? lot. Yeah. yeah. So you're so, a you're a you're a desiring, wishful want to want to be full time vegan, but you understand that it may not always be possible. I think yes. she's just she's on the vegan spectrum. She's on the yeah. vegan spectrum, and I'm not all the way there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're like you're like in the middle of the spectrum. Yeah, you're like midi spectrum. I'm a realistic vegan that treats herself. Okay, totally fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do love you, but this is sad because you're like the queen of charcuterie boards. I oh, know she, it. She better my still be favorite. able to make them. Yeah, my favorite, and I'll treat myself every now and then. You know, I've I've also said that I'm going to do the best I can, but on my birthday and holidays and celebrations, I'll eat what I want. You know, like I'm not going to go on vacation and go somewhere really cool and want to try a bunch of different new foods and restrict myself from doing that. You know, let's get it. Kudos to you. Well, thanks for the update. Sorry, we just bombarded you. No, it's okay. Holly's Holly's not going to talk to us for like two weeks. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, bitches. No, no. Watch the freaking documentary. I want you to tell our listeners about it because Kylie and I, we ain't going to watch it. So tell our listeners. No, it's called. Okay. It's called What the Health. And I think it's on Netflix. And I freaking want you guys to watch it. I see. I, you know, I love you because I want you to watch it. I don't tell people that I don't love to watch it because like I'm I'm a food motivated person. You put some cheese in front of me. What do you want? We're like little mice. Yeah. Yeah. Did I I ever tell you guys? This is so random. Oh my God. But did I ever tell you guys that like when I was a baby, like a baby baby, I never crawled. Did I tell you guys this story? So you're developmentally delayed. No, no, no. Listen to, listen to what I, this is where my food. Oh, okay. That's so sad. Okay. You're on the vegan spectrum. Holly. Um, no, no, no. So listen, I was food motivated. So I learned from a really young age. I never crawled. I actually scooted on my butt. My mom would put like Cheerios or M&M somewhere and I would like scoot to get it and put and grab it. Like, cause she was trying to get me to crawl, but I would scoot on my butt. So I'll have to show you guys a video. Um, kids still do it to this day. It happens to some of us, but I wasn't a crawler. Mm -hmm. I was a butt scooter. Yeah. You look like a butt scooter. And that's why I'm food motivated. So thank you, mom. Appreciate that. I think every yeah. like six months or so, I'm just going to check in and see if Holly's still vegan. Yeah, no, please do. Yeah, right and now also- we're we're once a month on the podcast. We're like Holly. <laughs> I'm surprised you recently? you've gone this long. Mm. I don't know. She's pretty dedicated, which or I wouldn't say dedicated. I think she's really stubborn. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also like you kind of just get used to it, and mm. uh, I don't know. And I found out that if I get hungry enough, I'll just eat anything. Like I don't really love vegetables, but if you get hungry Is, enough, you'll eat them. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. Do you put creamer in it? No, I do oat milk. Interesting. Okay. You're trying to catch her. No, no, no. I was just wondering because I was like, I know this bitch drinks coffee. So I wondered if you had switched to black, which speaking of, Holly, here's a question. I was going to say, here's a question for you. If a person drinks black coffee, I don't want to say names um, religiously. Is that a serial killer trait? No. Really? I think, I think. Thank you. Thank you. You think that it is because you are younger and people that are older than all of you guys. No, I know. But people like our grandparents age drink black coffee. Like they don't drink like they drink maybe like sugar, 
no, no, no. Milk, I'm talking but... about Kylie Colwell over here who only drinks black coffee and doesn't want creamer or milk or anything or sugar or anything in her I coffee. I like black coffee too. All right. Well, I'm on a podcast. And you know, and right now, the so. reason why my grandparents are big, big coffee drinkers and they only drink black coffee. They don't do stuff. They don't put like stuff in it, you know? I will say like afternoon if I'm doing or if anything Starbucks, I'll do some flavors and cream in it or like iced coffee. I feel like you got to put something in it. Yeah. Like syrup, iced coffee, plain iced coffee is not good, but like a good, actually good coffee, just black in the morning. It's right. Uh, yes. I know. Kylie, I agree. There are tears to co- real coffee drinkers. Okay. The real coffee drinkers drink black coffee. Oh, and I'm not trying to be a I'm break. Not, no, for real. And now Vomit. we're no, getting on our high I'm horse for this you, one. Yeah, I will get I will. I will do it. I, someone told me the other day they were like, I ordered a hot coffee and they were like, no one, no young people drink their coffee uh, hot anymore because people yeah. don't. And that's because young people don't actually do. like don't actually like real coffee. Yeah, because we grew is up Luke on like in the room is Luke in the room. Yeah. Luke, do you drink coffee? I have my headphones in. Yeah, okay. he does, and he drinks hot. Does he drink it black? Because of me. No, he no, he just started drinking coffee when we got together because he didn't before. But I'm telling you all young – I had a young person, I think it might have been Seth, say I started drinking coffee uh, – I ordered a coffee um, hot, and he said nobody drinks hot coffee. Like, all the young kids drink their coffee iced because they don't really like the taste of coffee. They like the cream, that's the like sugar, Gen the Z. flavor – that's like the babies, the Gen Z, like millennial, like we're, well, actually, I don't, are, I'm a millennial. Are you guys, a, what's the cutoff for millennials? I think it might be Gen Z. Depending on what website you look up. Yeah, I've looked at it. Right. Okay, our, our grandparents and pa- our grandparents are like black coffee. Then that generation, like we're like creamer coffee and whatever. And then generation, the younger generation is like iced coffee, whipped cream, milk sugar starbucks generation you know yeah i think it has to do with starbucks i feel like the first are gen z oh we're gen z sorry am i though yeah aren't you are you a 1996 baby yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i'm a millennial so technically in the same age bracket as kim kardashian i would just like to say that black coffee is for steel killers or it gives you like military throwback, you know, like you guys in your past lives were out in the field and only given black coffee. And now your uh, bodies have accepted it. I love okay. it. I will say I didn't really start drinking black coffee until I dated someone in the military. Huh. And he did not have cream in his house. And then I started huh. and I fell in love with it. So well, uh, look at that. It's comforting. Look Good. at that. Well, what great life updates we have. Uh, Holly's half vegan. I think black coffee drinkers are serial killers and you know this has been a very controversial episode and you know what listeners please give us your thoughts on all of these I'd love to hear what other people think outside of just the three of us because maybe we're crazy I'm right yeah are we crazy yeah do we need to go to therapy okay if anybody says that Holly's right on any of her things like it better not be a fake account that Holly made also if anyone has any photos of Holly eating meat Send it to over my dead pot and I will pay you a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, can we get some pop paparazzi photos of her like at the nacho bar? <laughs> like mm. all right, I love you guys. Love you too. Love you. See you Bye. next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.